For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. I'm here. Oh, my God. You have no idea what I have been through for the last half hour or so trying to get to all of you folks out there. I hope you can hear me. I hope you can see me. Mercury is truly in retrograde. But today we are celebrating uh, National Redhead Day. And I have four fabulous people waiting in the wings. Who or what are you celebrating today? Well, I'm celebrating the fact that, first of all, I'm here and I'm celebrating that these four incredible people waiting in the wings were patient and they put up with everything that could go wrong, going wrong and waiting to get here today. Uh, what ended up happening last night was that, uh, as happens with our computers these days, uh, my computer did a computer upgrade. And somehow overnight, uh, what ended up happening was that all my preferences uh, got shifted. So unfortunately, as everything got shifted, my camera and everything else got a little wonky. And so I had trouble getting on. But anyway, I've got four people waiting in the wings. And Natasha, since you have waited patiently, you get to pick our uh, first guest. So as we do, like, let's make a deal you pull the first guest, number one through four. And once you pull that number, we will bring them on. And uh, we are all about redheads today. And uh, we've got uh, two redheads, a former redhead, and someone who uh, is celebrating a redhead. Our first redhead, are you all ready? Nod if you are. I can see you in the wings. And our first redhead is not only a redhead, but he celebrates a redhead. And uh, he's also going to be giving away a book today. Now he knows who I'm bringing on. And that's Jeffrey Mark. Jeffrey. Hi, <laughs> ho, everybody. Thank you. And you are wearing teal. You got the memo. We are both wearing teal today. And uh, we are wearing teal uh, because this is Teal Awareness Month. Uh, and what that means is we wear teal uh, in honor and uh, to, com uh, to uh, acknowledge women uh, who are living with and have lived with uh, ovarian cancer. That's why we are wearing teal uh, all this month. And so I have lost a couple of very dear people to that disease. I am very happy to be sporting the teal I've never worn any of this before. I had no no reason. See, Richard, I knew that someday you would have me on. You'd want me in teal. This has been sitting in my closet waiting for you. And I knew if anyone would have teal in their closet, it would be you, Jeffrey. Well, Jeffrey, I always begin all of our Friday wrap-up shows by asking who or what are you celebrating? And who or what are you celebrating today? I would like to celebrate a friend of a birthday. Or a birthday of a friend. I have, I have a dear friend to me, to all of us. It is Paul Peterson's birthday. Paul has been ill. And for a birthday present, Paul got to go home today. I am celebrating that my buddy Paul Peterson is home, doing better. And uh, one less person I have to pray for today. Well, well we'll still pray for him. Uh, how's that? And uh, you just had a birthday, so we'll celebrate your birthday as well. So Thank uh, you. Yes, 39. <clears throat> um, no, we're, we're a little too well-known to lie about our ages. <laughs> well, I don't lie about my age because, you know, this is my theory about birthdays. And I know some people uh, do want to lie about their birthdays. Jeffrey, you and I both are lucky that we've achieved the point of getting to this birthday. Yes. Because so many of our friends, you know, know, didn't make it. So uh, we celebrate that. So Jeffrey, um, you have um, a book celebrating a fabulous redhead. Yes. Uh, we see images of Lucy in the background. Um, now, 
I have to ask you, and uh, you can uh, uh, get something straight for me. Um, now, you on your book cover, uh, your name's a little different. Uh, why is the name a little different on your book cover? I want you to know something, Richard. You know, but I do two or three shows like this a week sometimes. And I've been doing this since I'm 15 years old. You're the only person who ever asked the question. Are you serious? I'm serious. (laughs) And and am I opening a can of worms or is it okay that I ask? I'm going to give you, I mean, it's not a funny reason. It's a serious reason. And maybe some of our friends out there who are watching and listening will can relate to this. I used my full name, three names, for the beginning of my career. On the stage in New York, in nightclubs, on my first couple of books. When I became aware that my father's family, from whom that last name comes, uh, uh, did not want me in their homes, did not approve of my being gay, did not approve of my being in show business, did not approve, did not approve, did not approve. I decided that I did not approve of their last name. And uh, they were not going to get even one iota of glory or anything else from my accomplishments and my hard work. And I removed the family last name. And for decades now, uh, I've been just Jeffrey Mark. And I feel better and lighter and more me that way. So that that is the true, honest reason why the names have changed. Well, that's appropriate because um, each day, for those who watch the show, um, I choose a word for a giveaway. And I, because I was so busy uh, trying to get on today, I didn't have uh, the time to get this all put together. But our word of the day is integrity. So I appreciate your integrity. I appreciate the fact that you... Uh, shared that with us. Um, so your book is celebrating Lucille Ball, and uh, and here it is. We are going to be doing a giveaway today. That's uh, not my book. That's at all. My, uh, I pulled up uh, the wrong one. I've got yours is he, uh, here as well. I'm telling you all uh, these glitches. Hey, fo- Richard and I have been friends for decades, folks. Don't worry. It's I've got yours as well. Uh, but uh, well, you can so- see mine. Over here. Yes, but I'm going to pull yours up in a moment. Uh, So tell us about your book. And you've written many books. Um, Why a book about Lucille Ball when there have been so many other books written about her? And your Mm -hmm. book has a different angle. Well, that's why. Books about Lucille Ball. You know, uh, the man who started all of these books about television shows was a man named Bart Andrews, who wrote a book about I Love Lucy in the early 70s. Bart and I became very, very close friends. In fact, the couch in my living room, I inherited from him when he passed away. And all of these biographies came out that were filled with half-truths, lies, fantasies, and then uh, about Ms. Ball and her personal life. And they didn't get the professional life correct. And I thought, we don't love Lucille Ball or Desi Arnaz because of who they slept with or how much money they had or where they lived. We love them because of the work. The work had not been written of mm-hmm. well. So the first Lucy book, because there's going to be two, the first one, the Lucy book with a forward by Steve Allen, is a compendium of Lucille Ball's television work from the late 1940s on live television until she died. Every game show, talk show, variety show, commercial she did, her own series, her guest shots. And bless the Lucy fans' hearts, it's done very, very well for Jeffrey Mark. Next year, we had it postponed for a year because of COVID, is the new Lucy book with newer interviews of people like Carol Burnett and Anne Margaret and Barbara Eden and Rich Little, a new forward by Fran Drescher, And I'm adding in all the movies and the radio shows as well. And the book will be filled with photographs all the way through it with a big color section. That's going to be a great big coffee table book. It's going to cost you a fortune, but you're going to be glad you bought it. So you couldn't get any real names to do the interviews for it. I know. I know. I don't know anybody in show business. (laughs) Well, um, so 
we, I also uh, have a little segment where we've got three surprise questions. So you pick a number, one through three, just for the fun of it. I don't even know what the question is that you're going to pull. So pull a number, one through three. Let's go with the even number, two. Okay. And the question is, um, you have, uh, well, it's actually a statement. I have the power to create change. And I know that you've created a lot of change in your life. Oh, what do you think the biggest changes that you've created in your life that you uh, have full ownership of? A couple. I can come up with a couple, actually. One is I was taught by my family, as many of us, you know, we become who we are because of what we grow. You know, you, 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 you learn what you live. And I was taught to play the victim, to be a doormat, and to be terribly frightened of what other people think of me, which is terrible for a performer. And I, I reached a point where I said to myself, what other people think of me is none of my damn business. Yeah, I don't care what other people think of me unless I ask someone for an opinion. The only person I am in any competition with is me. And I need to do my very level-headed best on and it changes from day to day. And it changes, you know, as we're getting older. I can't put in the 17-hour days I used to put in. Uh, my workload has to be a little bit different, a little bit lighter as I change. I think the other thing I'm in control of is suiting up and showing up. You may not get everything you want, but if you don't suit up and you don't show up, you won't get anything you want. So I suit up, I show up, I, I take every opportunity I go on every show I'm asked. I show up at every red carpet I'm asked because everyone is an opportunity either for me professionally or to spend time with, you know, with you, a dear friend. Well, I really appreciate the fact that you suited up and showed up today and you get to bring on our next guest, one through three. Well, let's see. We've done the even one and one is such a lonely number. Uh, let's not make one wait all alone anymore. Guest number one. Okay. Well, I'm excited that she's here uh, because she is also celebrating uh, an incredible redhead. Uh, and I'm going to bring this image up. Uh, Gwen Verdon. Ah. Uh, she has a new show that's coming up. It's going to be opening on uh, the 10th of November at Don't Tell Mama. And I will be there. Uh, and that's my dear friend, Judy Mark. I'm so thrilled that she's here. Uh, Judy, meet Jeffrey Mark. Hey. And Judy Mark, no relation. Judy, Judy, I knew Gwen. And I've got a great one-line punchline for you when you're ready for it. I'm ready. There was a benefit done back in the 70s. I'm going back that far for this. And they were saluting Bob Fosse. And they brought out Liza, Manelli, and Gwen. And... Uh, tumultuous applause. The audience goes out of their mind, seeing both of them on stage together. And Liza, making a crack, said, ah, here's a man with a future. And she got a big laugh. And Gwen turned her back on Liza and did a little flip and said, yeah, and he's got a pass too. <laughs> For five minutes, no one could say anything. Oh. And it was not scripted. That was something Gwen did off the top of her head. I only saw Gwen uh, once in person, and I'll tell you that story at another time because this is about you, Judy. Yes. Uh, but uh, you, um, I'm going to ask you the same question that uh, Jeffrey pulled this card. Um, you have created this incredible life for yourself. You're a teacher. Uh, you are an incredible entertainer. You and I have, with my two left feet, have danced together. Uh, and uh, you uh, are also a great singer. But I know your reasons for doing this particular show, but you can share with everyone why this show about Gwen Verdon and now. Gwen Verdon was presented to me by my director, Jeff Harner. He really thinks that I am, that I sound like her, and he knows me. He knows my background. Gwen and I really do have a lot in common, although I've never met her. I admire her 
and and the more I know about her, the more I understand. Now, Judy, I hate to do this because I'm going to give you a little bit more time a little later, but we have a special guest that's here tonight who uh, just sent me a notice that he has to leave in 20 minutes. And so could I just bring him on for just a few minutes? Yeah, but I because, want to go to dance class too. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, uh, because he uh, is the former redhead and I'm so thrilled that he's here tonight, but I'm going to bring him on uh, because Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you want to uh, make this introduction because uh, I am thrilled that he's here, first of all. And all right. while you're introducing him, I will bring on his photograph. An older he, photograph. He is former child actor with incredible talent. He is a man among men. He spends his life helping other people. He is multilingual and he has been my friend for almost 30 years. The incredible Johnny Whitaker. Johnny, I am so I'm so thrilled that you're here. Do you prefer John or Johnny? It doesn't matter anything but late for supper. <laughs> First of all, I, again, Judy, so thank you for understanding. I know that you've got yes, thank you, Judy. Uh, because I know that we were so late getting started tonight. I am thrilled that you're here. Um, so many wonderful accomplishments. I mean, way beyond uh, family affair. I mean, I look forward to the Lindless Angel every year and Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, uh, working with Rick Taylor and Margaret Hamilton and so many incredible artists, but they got to work with you, I always say. And uh, <laughs> you uh, uh, have uh, this incredible uh, career starting out so early in life. Um, what are some of the life lessons that you, that have carried throughout your entire life from working with these great artists so early in your life? Well, I would say um, working with Sebastian Cabot and Brian Keith, who had two diametrically opposed ways of acting. Um, Brian was laughing with the cameramen and then get on the set and do his lines, where Sebastian had prepared as all actors must prepare. And so, uh, you know, he came on and did the uh, Royal Academy acting. And uh, so I've been able to have a lot of fun in my life, but still learn how, um, how to be serious about things. Yeah, and as time went on, I mean, the business changed a lot, uh, and you've seen a lot of changes in the business. Uh, what are some of the changes that you've seen over your lifetime that you absolutely love about uh, ch those changes in the business? And what are some of the things that you truly missed that were in place when you were first starting out in the business? I would say both are when most of us were growing up, we had ABC, CBS, NBC, and a local station or two. Today, we have thousands. And shows like yours. And just tons of different venues for people to share their knowledge, their talents, their opinions, their politics. Um, and that's also a negative. <laughs> that's definitely true. In that um, there's just way too many voices and too many of them need a little bit more work, I guess, is mm -hmm. what I'll say. <laughs> So what are you doing these days so that you can bring everyone up to date with the work that you're doing nowadays? Sure. Um, well, September is National Recovery Month. And uh, I am a person in long-term recovery. I will be celebrating 25 years clean and sober this uh, Sunday. And um, I just finished... Uh, my organization is called Paso Por Paso, mm -hmm. 
which means step-by-step in Spanish. And we help um, all people, but especially uh, those who are monolingual Hispanics find treatment and recovery in their own language, or at least with some language help. And uh, I uh, work in advocacy for treatment and recovery. Uh, But I did just finish uh, a series, uh, one uh, episode, we're going to do more. Uh, It's uh, on my website called The Last Evangelist. And uh, it's starring David Heavener. Uh, and uh, I get to play a, uh, a bishop. But uh, you can go to johnnywhitaker.com and, and find out how to, to see that because it's only online. But um, my day-to-day job is uh, as a counselor, treatment counselor. And unfortunately, that's why I have to leave. I've got a Zoom class. <laughs> well, I want to let you go, but I would love for you to come back at some point so we can have a full hour. Um, I lost my father to alcoholism. Oh, so, I'm so sorry. Uh, well, yes. and for that, we did a uh, the a celebration of lives lost and lives recovered. And uh, Jeffrey was coming, but he had another engagement at that time. But uh, we celebrate famous, infamous, and not famous people who passed due to drugs, alcohol, and overdose. And uh, then we celebrate lives recovered and uh, how we can recover. So if you go to my website, uh, that should be up. I'm just finishing the editing uh, as Jeffrey called me (laughs) to make sure I was on today. Um, And when you're editing, you just get all... Oh, I know. You lose lose time. Well, I want to let you go, but I've got a hundred questions that I want to ask you about the process of how you got to that point. Uh, Because I I wonder if, uh, you know, you're going into this line of work, if that was part of your recovery process, uh, if you want to talk about that. Yes. And And I am a redhead. I am a redhead, but our family goes gray very early. And so um, I, kept it, I kept it up until the uh, COVID because I was using a little bit of henna. Uh, but uh, as of uh, the, uh, the pandemic, I couldn't find my henna anymore. So I just let it go white. Well, you look great, John. And I'm so thrilled that you joined us tonight. And thank you for your patience and, you know, dealing with all of my technical issues tonight. Oh, no problem. And thank you, Judy. And hey, Jeffrey, thank you very much, Richard. I look forward to uh, meeting with you again. I appreciate that. Thank you. And have a wonderful evening this evening and enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thank you. Thank you. You too. And all of the folks out there in email land or uh, computer land. I'll take you off to make it easy for you. Thank you. I'm so proud of my friend, John. I'm so proud of him. You know know that I'm 33 years clean and sober. Yes, I know. He talks the talk and walks the walk, and I'm just so proud of him. That's wonderful. So, Judy, thank you for that. So, thank you. And uh, so, getting back to your uh, your dancing, you were you were saying, yeah. So, so Gwen. So, I'm going to just start from the beginning. And Gwen, Gwen was born with rickets. And she overcame her rickets because her mother was a dancer and she knew how to shape her legs and turn herself in so that she would build the muscles that would support that. And and I had physical disabilities too. I didn't have rickets. I had scoliosis, which, you know, makes it difficult to turn, pirouette in, in particular, and um, not the greatest feet even though the arches are high, but, you know, we had a lot of disabilities that we had to overcome. Uh, That was the first thing. The the second thing about Gwen is that she was not born to be a singer. (laughs) And in fact, if anything, she might've been encouraged to be a dancer, but she didn't even really take that seriously as she was growing up. And I sort of was that way too. I found my voice later on. And I didn't really take to singing, but my mother was a pianist 
And I used to dance around the house with her. And that's how it started with Gwen. Her mother was in vaudeville and that's how she started. So I thought, aha, you know, let me see what else we have in common. Uh, we've both been divorced. Um, she had a child early on. I didn't have any children. But we had we had problems that we had to overcome. And what she had that I feel that I have in common with her is that we're very strong individuals. And we also care a lot about other people. In fact, when I couldn't, after pounding the pavement years fast forward in New York and not getting exactly what I wanted, I, I had to go into, uh, I had to do something else. And my, I was lucky I became a dance teacher in New York City in the school system, which at that time, there were only maybe five people who had that specialty license. Mm -hmm. so it was like really a saving grace for me uh, that I was able to do that. And I was able to impart all, all of what I had learned in my experience professionally and non-professionally and, and growing up and all my, my business about overcoming obstacles and becoming a strong woman and going through divorce and yada, 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 yada. I was able to coach these kids just like Gwen did. And everybody loved Gwen. When she would walk in the room, from what I heard, everyone was happy to see her. She always was there to help them. She was fun. And that I'm, I'm, I love to have fun. As you can see, I, I, you know, I'm pretty upbeat. So when kids were clamoring around me, wanting to learn how to do this and do that, it was, it was a great uh, accomplishment to be able to do that. Uh, but I, I did want to say uh, something else that I, it just kind of slipped my mind. But anyway. Um, well, I know that you wanted to give a certain shout out tonight. So I want to make sure that you get that shout out out. Yeah. So so I've been working on this show. This is my fifth one woman show. And uh, it's called Merely Marvelous, the songbook of Gwen Burton. And it's debuting November 10th. And uh, there'll be a second performance December 4th at Don't Tell Mama in New York City. And um Hey, anybody who's listening, I hope I hope if you can come to that you'll make a reservation because I feel so bad that so many of my friends who have stage shows have had to cancel them because of let people have not made reservations and the club gets scared that no one's going to show up and then artists gets nervous because they're going to have to cover for those seats and it's really really hard to get back in gear after the pandemic. So so I'm just letting you know ahead of time. It's November 10th and don't tell mama. And I want to say two things. First of all, um, all of the details will be on my YouTube channel. And I want to say to the clubs out there, if you can afford to stay open, even if there are a few people that show up, stay open. Because it's important that those people who come out be entertained. Uh, yes. It's important that you still not close down. So uh, do that. Um, I want to bring our next guest on, and we're going to get back to both of you uh, with more questions as well. Uh, but before I bring the next guest on, um, I know that Preston is watching. So oh, yes. I want to do the shout out. So, Omicron yeah. Pie fraternity brothers are getting together with a big reunion. And if you've had the patience to stay on, come on now. This is your chance to say something. Big clap. Okay. <laughs> so there are two mystery questions. So one or two, you get to, you get to pick one or two. Who me? You. I yes. Pick a mystery question. Yes. What, do I make it up? No, one or two. Just pick. Oh, the oh, the number one or two. Duh. I, <laughs> I pick two. Okay, and it's actually a statement, and it's it's called a smile card. I like I like this. Smile more, but not too much. Uh, it says, uh, this is how it works. Uh, smiling uh, it, uh, makes you seem more trustworthy and pleasant to deal with, but don't smile too much or you may come across as fake. Um, uh, the sweet spot for smiling is every 28 seconds. Did you know this? It's interesting. So I want to ask you, what makes you smile the most? <laughs> Well, I, I smile all the time when I talk to you because I find you just so easy to talk to and, and it's always fun. And the shows that we've done have always been fun to do. Uh, um, 
when I'm connecting with with somebody that 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 I can have a conversation with and it's enjoyable, I'm smiling. When I'm on stage and performing and and I'm feeling the energy, I'm smiling. But most of the time, I'm not smiling. So believe me. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you someone who makes me smile, and that's Mary Ann Conk. And the last yeah. time she was on our show, we were celebrating someone who always makes us smile, and that was Doris Day. And you're back. Hello. And you're and you're muted. And you're not yeah. muted anymore. <laughs> so, Mary Ann, thank you so much for being here. So I'm going to begin by asking, because we haven't spoken in a while, who or what are you celebrating right now? I'm celebrating the new season. I'm celebrating fall. I love where I live in the Northeast, that we get to experience the change of season. And maybe my body's just used to it from always living here. But every three months, it's like, okay, I've had enough of this. I'm ready for the new season now. And um, yeah. I am so with you. You know, someone posted on Facebook today and she posted, uh, okay, I guess it's time for me to start complaining about the cold weather. And I thought, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you know, I go for a, a walk every morning. And when I walked out of uh, this morning and I had a, a sweatshirt on, uh, it, it it was so brisk and it felt great. I mean, to have that cold air on your face and everything. So are you currently performing or working on anything, Marianne? No, I'm not performing right now, but I am creating something right now. Okay. Um, a two-hander I'm working with another fella and we're going to, we're working on putting something together, a play kind of autobiographical slash cabaret-ish um, speaking of celebrating, and it's um, joy of performing, and oh, what here and where we're going from here, and uh, so that's that's exciting. And just being creative is exciting. That alone for me, just well, sitting with somebody and working out ideas um, is ah, the best. So I want to ask: Do you have a favorite uh, redhead beyond uh, the two that we've already talked about today? Beyond the two that we talked about today, um, one of my favorite redheads has left the planet. And for your teal day, Suzanne Hevner was a fabulous actress and one of my closest friends and colleagues. And Suzanne is hands down uh, one of my favorite redheads forever. And uh, sticking with you, uh, to continue with you for a few minutes, uh, Lucille Ball, you have a favorite uh, performance of Lucy's. Oh, golly. I, you know, I, of, of course you want to say Vita Vita Vegemin and you want to stamp the grapes and you want to. It's how she processed. It's, it's really a, a through line. There really isn't one thing specific. It's how she processed reaction and where it came from and how she could make big real. Um, I just I've I've always just studied and just loved how she walked through her characters. I think one of the most, and Jeffrey, you can elaborate on this. Uh, Lucy uh, Arnaz, um, who uh, God willing, uh, we're going to be uh, going on an African safari together. Oh, it. good. You're going on that. Okay. Go uh, yes, I'm going. Uh, we were scheduled to go for my 60th birthday and it's been postponed uh, twice. Uh, but we were, um, uh, she posted this morning, was it the, Lucy show uh, that debuted on this date. Here's Lucy. Uh, here's Lucy. Thank you. I knew that you would correct me on that. And thank you for that. Um, but one of the most brilliant uh, moments for me for, of Lucille Ball ever um, is the scene in Yours, Mine, and Ours uh, where she's at the dining table. And, and she gets drunk. Goes, oh, for those of you who have never seen the film, oh. she's visiting a new beau to be, be introduced to all of his children. Her his kids spike her drink with every known alcoholic concoction, and she gets drunk and cries and laughs and cries and laughs almost hysterically back and forth. The reason why that works, why Lucy Ricardo and all the Lucy characters worked. Lucille Ball was an incredible actor and she believed 
in her, her DNA and everything she was doing. I'll give you a good example. I love Lucy episode where they're baking the bread and the bread comes out of the oven and the bread is three times as long as the oven is deep. Now that is impossible in real life, but Lucille Ball and Vivian Vance as their characters believed that this could be a real thing that we at home just bought it. Uh, I didn't really think twice about it until I started writing the book. It's like, wait a minute, that's impossible. But in Lucy's world, most things were possible if she believed. And well, isn't that a great that, lesson for all of us? Beyond that, uh, the fact that she could put on any disguise and Ricky not know it was her. Right. <laughs> um, and again, sticking with you, Marianne, um, mm -hmm. a favorite Gwen Verdon performance. Oh, God, sweet charity. I mean, you know, Did you see I, you know sorry without even, it just, just absolutely. I see it in my mind. I see the mm -hmm. steps. I see that. I see it all. Um, I just, I loved the character and just, it was just amazing, amazing to watch. She was amazing. Now I will tell my, yeah. I will tell my Sweet Charity story. Years ago, the Actors Fund did a concert uh, version of Sweet Charity where they had various actresses do like a tag team uh, where they would each do a different scene. Uh, and uh, they brought Gwen to do the closet scene. So she was hiding in a closet um, and uh, it, it's Vito, isn't it Vito? Isn't that the actor's name uh, that she's hiding in the closet when he's with one of his dates in Sweet Charity? Victorio. 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 So she's in the closet and it was a makeshift scene and the closet flipped over. And I was sitting behind Tommy Toon and I thought that he was going to have a heart attack. He jumped up and he was just like, oh, oh, you know, and of course the whole audience and Gwen Verdon did not miss a beat. She pulled herself up. She picked the closet up off the floor, set it back up, got back in the closet, said, okay, shut the door and went on with the scene. And it was just so, it was a brilliant moment. And of course brought the house down. And uh, it was just an incredible moment to see her in that one moment being Gwen Verdon. And that was the only time that I ever saw her ever live or anything. My, my favorite was Chicago. Uh, I got to see Gwen do it with both uh, Cheetah Rivera, bless her heart, and Lenora Nemitz, who was also wonderful on the show. Uh, I, I think Gwen, like our friend Carol Channing, like Mary Martin, like Ethel Merman, you had to see them on the stage to understand the enormity of the talent and the control they had of the audience while they were on stage. When Gwen Verdon was on a stage, you just didn't look anywhere else, except maybe with Echita Rivera. <laughs> um, uh, keep talking for just a moment. Um, yes, sir. I'll be happy to do that. You know that I can talk about anything, anytime, anywhere. And it was also interesting to watch her play the part with two different actors. She was different with each lady. Uh, the version of Chicago with Cheetah was different than the version with Lenora because Gwen wasn't giving a cookie cutter performance. She was giving energy back and forth with the other performer and she adjusted to the other performer, which was what I think a good performer does. There is a stagecraft that these people learned and I, I hope those of us of a certain age also learned it. To, to know your lines, get out there, and then no matter what happens, you handle it, and, and you, you stay in character, and you do the job. You leave your personal life somewhere else, you get out there, because you're supposed to be magic. And all the ladies I've talked about, and Richard, and you two, and me, we all know how to make magic. And God bless us. Yeah. Jeffrey... Jeffrey, do you think that's just there? 
that that whole ethos is there or is that something you can learn? I mean, I don't well, know. You can learn stagecraft. You can learn yes. yeah, yeah, how, yeah, to yeah. Find your, how to find your light. You can learn how to oh, solve yeah. it. The technical I, stuff. I think like it that. is a born thing combined mm -hmm. with, because if you have one without the other, it's not going to work. Yeah, Learning exactly. ambition. Yeah. All these ladies yeah. were talking about, I mean, the steam rose off of them from the burning of ambition. And they brought that burning on stage with them. They burned to entertain that audience that night. Mm -hmm. And when someone's burning inside to bring something to you, how can you not just stare and go, how do they do that? So it's, it's, it's what you're born with and then what you do with that. Yes. Yeah. And how you've honed that and honored that. So Judy, I'm sure that in your studies, uh, prepping for this show, that you've been watching a lot of her film clips and everything. Um, what has surprised you the most about her, uh, in terms of, or you know, in terms of learning about her, that would probably surprise a lot of people. When I saw what Bob Fosse did to her with cheating on with all these different women and Gwen was so easy about it. I thought to myself, I can't, I couldn't be like that. I, mean, well, I want to say something about that, that we think that she was, we don't know what was going on behind the scenes. Well, you, you said what I saw from watching these uh, documentaries. Yes. That's the way she was portrayed is like, Hello, well, that's what he does. He has to be free, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, but, but I didn't believe it because it's hard to believe. How could somebody accept that and and talk to these girls? Well, you're you're just the flavor of the week, and that's the way he was portrayed in these documentaries. And I would find that very difficult to deal with, especially when you're working with. And and they were like this. They had such a close relationship. She he choreographed and she taught the moves to other dancers and. She had to put her whatever ego she had aside and share it with other people. And, and everyone loved her. Well, I know we're focused on her, but don't you feel that because of his upbringing as a child and everything, uh, and I mean, he grew up pretty much living in burlesque houses as a small child, that he had a disconnect as far as how to treat women and how uh, you know, as far as what love was and having uh, a true uh, committal relationship, uh, perhaps he didn't know what it meant to have a relationship. I think also, if I may chime in, yeah, and Judy, you can correct me. I think there is something, and I can only say this about men because I've only been a man. I've never been a woman. I can't speak for women who are tremendously successful and have a modicum of power that they begin to believe that anything in life is theirs for the taking, mm -hmm. that somehow they're being special. But we'll, we'll just look the other way because you're special. And they don't take into account the people they're hurting because that's being terribly, terribly selfish. Not, and maybe there are powerful women who do the same thing. I just, I'm not aware of them. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of a, uh, of a situation. Um, uh, Bruce Morgan, who is Yvonne DiCarlo's son, I interviewed him and he said that uh, Yvonne DiCarlo was um, brutal to people, uh, that she had that uh, streak. And he said they were in a restaurant in New Orleans one night and she really ripped into a waiter. And when the waiter walked away, almost in tears, someone at the table said, why do you do that? And she said, because I can't. And I know that there are certain people that go, I know people who are just, that go through life being rude to people. Uh, and uh, there are certain people that I, you know, that, that's just who they are. It's a part of their DNA. And we know who they are. But uh, it's not the way I want to go through life. And uh, for me, you know, one thing that you said, Jeffrey, but I, I do care, um, you know, uh, of how I am perceived 
by a lot of people. And I do not want, if, you know, and I, if, if I feel that I've hurt somebody or if I've said the wrong thing to someone, it truly weighs heavily on me. Oh, sure. Not caring what somebody else thinks doesn't mean you're a jerk. Mm -hmm. It's your personal responsibility to go, ooh, ooh, I goofed, I'm going to make this right. Or, hey, I was wrong. I apologize. I don't, I don't mean you don't do that. I just mean uh, someone doesn't like that I wear sequins. Too bad. Someone well, doesn't like that I'm a redhead. Too bad. Well, you know, I, I'm with you on that one. You, know, uh, you don't like that I'm gay. Too well, bad. When did that come out? I'm sorry, sir? When did that happen? The gay thing? Last <laughs> night, I had an epiphany. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Mary, I've got enough, I've got the last surprise question, and it's the one okay. that was left. So it's for you. Okay. And the question is, what do you regret not doing when you were younger? Staying with dance class. And um, and before we got in the room, uh, Jeffrey and, and Judy and I were talking, and they were talking about when they had danced and they had danced. I had singing classes, I did, but I um, I grew up in a little town and there was a, a dance studio and my mother took me to dance class. And I don't remember this, I was that, that little, I vaguely remember it. And after the class, the instructor said to my mother, well, there must be something else she can do. Mm. Now, you know, now it, it's a funny line, but it stayed with me. It's a hurtful line. Oh, yeah. And it stayed with me uh, forever. And I just never felt really confident uh, dancing. Um, and I mean, in shows that just, oh, I can't learn the steps. I'm not going to be able to do the steps. I'm not going to be able to. Um, so I regret, first of all, that I let somebody do that to me. Um, because I'm also of the mindset, nobody does something to you. It's we have control. We have the option. I, I also, I, excuse me for interrupting, sure. but you also, when you're younger, um, the the thing is that they do do things to you. I mean, you're older and wiser now, uh, but you know that now. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, one of my favorite uh, people on the planet I love is Bill Maher. And one of my favorite, favorite segments of his show is his closing monologue each right. week. And one of the things that he really talks about that he drives home a lot is this idea of people, you know, this wokeness of where we are in today's world and the mm -hmm. fact that where we were in the world, even 25 years ago, um, we have a different, uh, there's a different mindset in terms of the way that we look at the world, things that people were doing 25 years ago. Um, we all looked at the world through different lenses than we do now. Uh, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we can't second guess choices and decisions that we made 25 years ago. And I'm sure if we're all lucky enough to be around 25 years from now, God willing, that we will also look at those choices uh, a little differently mm -hmm. from where we are right now. Just the Studio 54 years right. alone, I couldn't begin to do any of that today. Not because I can't physically, but because why would I do that to my body or to myself or to my self-esteem or to my self-respect? But back then, I was a busy boy. <laughs> well... Uh, to wind down, and you just saw that I brought the word integrity on screen, I'm going to ask each of you, and I'm going to start with you, Jeffrey, what the word integrity means to you, uh, both in your personal life uh, and in your career. Uh, gosh, and, and Doug McAllister, thank you for all your kind words. I think in my personal life, integrity is being true to being Jeff that I don't change who I am to please anybody else, that I don't lie, that I don't hurt people to the best of my ability, that I mean what I say, I say what I mean, and that that's not good enough for someone, again, too bad. And in my career, 
if I say I'm going to be someplace, I'm there. If I write something in a book, it's true. If I sing a song, it is from the bottom of my heart. I'm not just up there cookie cutter singing the same thing every time. If I'm telling a joke, it's because I think it's funny. So again, I guess both career and personally, it's being true to Jeffrey Mark. And uh, sometime when you have more time, I'll, I'll tell you, there's a little more of a story of how the name Jeffrey Mark stuck, but it's a long story. So the next time you have me back for an hour, but Jeffrey Mark is who I feel I am. I have to take care of him because nobody else will. I got to be good to him mm-hmm. because I can't be good to anybody else unless I'm good to him first. Amen. That's good. And what about you, Judy? I agree with all of the above, but I must stress honesty. And I don't like what that teacher did to you, Marianne. I thought that showed lack of integrity and professionalism. That really was damaging to you as a child, and I'm very sensitive to that. And as far as Gwen Burden was concerned, I think that her integrity showed by the fact that she worked so hard to to overcome her disabilities and go through life and find a way to, to, to pursue and do her strength of character and integrity are integrated. In, in, anyway, they're, <laughs> they're integrated. Very close. Uh, and honesty. Honesty. They told me at Martha Graham, where I was a scholarship student, they said, you know, Judy, you are an honest dancer. And I thought, what does that mean? I can't even say a word. <laughs> it's like I didn't skip through any single position. I went through it. I felt it. I portrayed it. Portrayed it, And that's where I learned my acting technique was through Martha Graham dance technique. That's wonderful. And what about you, Marianne? Well, thank you, Judy. Thank you very much. And I agree with that. And I, I teach myself. And that made such an impression on me that I made sure I never was going to do that to anybody ever, ever, ever. And I also think that's sort of in your DNA um, as well. There's something really was wrong with that lady. Why would you teach children and and perpetuate that? I have no idea. But uh, as far as integrity goes, I'm attracted to people who have it. And it is honesty. It's honesty. It's showing up. It's people I know that I can count on, people that I respect. And that's what I look for in people. And I hope I have that. I, that's what I aspire to. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you do have it. So I, I can guarantee that. So uh, I have a calendar uh, called Daily Acts of Kindness. And I'll start with you, Jeffrey. And it says, list three things that you appreciate about yourself. So I'm going to start with you. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, the three things that all be God-given. Um, I was born smart, uh, very smart. My IQ is like 163. Wow. I did nothing to deserve that. It's how I was born. Um, I am enormously grateful to the talent I have. I have nurtured the talent and expressed the talent but it, again, I did nothing to deserve the talent. It was a gift. Uh, I'm going to give you four. The third one is being a redhead. And again, I did nothing to deserve that. When I was a youngster, I hated it because everybody in my family had dark, dark hair and much darker skin than I. And I was this pale, 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 redheaded little kid. And I hated it back then. I love it. Great. I love and, the, and the last thing is that I am clean and sober. And that is something I did do because getting clean and sober was always available to me. I never made the choice to do it. And I took the same burning ambition from show business and applied it to that. And guess what? I've had the same success with it. So I'm That's enormously wonderful. grateful. Well, Arlene Dahl was our neighbor, and she had the most beautiful red hair. Oh, my God, was it gorgeous. I remember sitting behind her with my mother-in-law in in church on Easter Sunday, and I was sitting, and and Danny's mom was going, is that her real hair color? 
And I said, yes, of course. <laughs> it was gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, Judy, this is for you. Is there something that you do that makes you feel extra protected in the world? Oh, yes, definitely. I, I'm going to piggyback on Jeffrey's comment about the talent and stuff. I, I feel that, that I'm not a religious person, but my religion is, I believe that I was given certain gifts. And, and it's my responsibility to live up to that, to, to go the, all the way through it, life, and not miss a beat and work on my talents. That's what's going to keep me going. What was the question? Um, <laughs> I, you've just answered it. That's great. <laughs> you know, I could just go on and on. But I really, truly believe that in, the, in my heart. I guess that's what an, an honest answer does. An honest person does a person with integrity. They realize what they have and they make the most of it. And they're there for other people. And Marianne, as we wrap up this week, what's good this week? Oh, what's good this week? Um, uh, potatoes at Food Emporium. They were very good. I was surprised. Seriously, you have to really paw through them to find. Um, what's good this week? The light is changing. I can tell the light is changing. Um, yes. And uh, again, back to the seasonal change. Um, and what's good this week? Getting up every day is good. Starting each day smiling. Uh, you know, you were born. You were born smart, Jeffrey. I, I was born smiling, and um, and that's real good. Getting up and starting the day. That's great. We're going to do two giveaways today. And uh, we're going to start uh, uh, with uh, Jeffrey's book. And Jeffrey, I'm pulling up the right card this time. Did you uh, value my friendship? Yes, there it is. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. We're going to do uh, the, uh, so here we are. I am going to go to the giveaway and we're going to do a drawing. And there we are. Thank you all for being here today. And Jeffrey's going to sign it for you, whoever the whiz, uh, winner is. Uh, and let's see who this, Aaron Caleb, and I am proud to say, Aaron is one of our sponsors this week. Yay, Aaron! He's responsible for us being able to do this show. Uh, and if anyone is ever interested in sponsoring the show, uh, get in touch uh, with uh, Doug McAllister, and he will tell you all how you can sponsor the show as well. So, Aaron, thank you, and. I have a date with Aaron later tonight. We are, we are going to see Denny Bonet, who was on the show uh, a couple of months ago, uh, incredible violinist. Uh, some of you may have seen that show. And if you didn't see the show, it's on demand on YouTube. So Aaron, uh, I will put you in touch with Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey, friend each other on Facebook. You've got a new friend, Aaron Caleb. Yeah. She's worth uh, friending because she's a sponsor. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to do Aaron. Yes, we're going to do another uh, giveaway, and thank you again, everybody. And let's see who else is going to uh, win tonight. Uh, Francis Shea, and Francis, we love you. And uh, Francis, actually, uh, if any of you uh, subscribe to my newsletter, and this is a plug for that, I think Francis and uh, Howard uh, were. Uh, my mugshot on my newsletter this week. So thank you, uh, Francis. And this is the book that you're going to be getting, James wow. Sheridan and Barry Manouche. Uh, Lucille Ball uh, uh, frequently asked questions and I will put you in touch with them so that you can get an autographed copy from them. So thank you, James and Barry. Uh, I reached out to them. They couldn't be on the show tonight, uh, but they uh, are sending a book. So thank you, and I'll put you in touch with them as well. So thank you all for being here. Don't go anywhere for a moment. And uh, John Whitaker, oh, my God, thank you for doing this. And Jeffrey, thank you for making that connection. I can't wait for him to come back and to do a full hour with him. Uh, I want to talk uh, for a, a brief moment, and then I'm going to give each of you a chance to have your final word. Each of you will have a chance to uh, talk about 
uh, something that we talked about today that you want to expound upon, uh, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, uh, or just any final message you want to leave everyone with. Um, and then you will pick the next person uh, and then so on until one person is standing. Like, And then there was none. And don't worry about how to end the show, whoever that last person will be. As soon as you say goodbye, the final credits will roll. I want to talk about integrity. Um, we all are responsible for what we put out in the world. Uh, Marianne said something interesting a few moments ago uh, about what other people do. And we're not really responsible uh, for what they do or say. We are, however, responsible for how we respond to it. And I look at social media these days, and there's a lot of negativity out there. And I, when you see a post, everybody in this room right now, uh, and John, who was with us earlier, we're all artists. And every single person that's watching the show, you're all artists of one kind or another. Everybody is an artist. Even if you put wallpaper on, you're an artist. Uh, and every person on this planet wants to be acknowledged. That's it. Everybody. It takes very little effort to acknowledge other people. And if you acknowledge people in a positive manner, that's integrity. That, to me, is the truest sense of integrity. And when you see a post on Facebook, uh, it takes very little effort to hit the like button, to leave a comment, and to share it. Uh, and if it's a negative, uh, if it's something negative about somebody else, or something that somebody saw on television that they hated, or a swipe at a restaurant, or something like that, delete it, hide it. It doesn't elevate anybody. It doesn't build anyone up. And you have to realize a lot of artists. You know, somebody posted the other day uh, when it was announced that Phantom of the Opera was closing. And someone very flippantly posted, good, I can go to that theater now, the Majestic Theater, after 35 years. And I said, you may think you're snarky or funny or whatever, but a lot of people are out of work. And a lot of people are disappointed. And a lot of people come to New York specifically to see that show. And you may not like that show, but that show has brought a lot of revenue into New York City. It has been a huge boom to the economy of New York City. And the restaurants and the art galleries and the shops all around the Majestic Theater have all benefited for 35 years because of a hit Broadway musical. So these little flippant remarks that you say when you say that you don't like something, it's like dominoes. It has a boomerang effect. Absolutely. Think about what you say and think about who you say it to because it's like Stephen Sondheim says, children will listen. So that's what I want to leave everyone with tonight. Um, if you enjoyed tonight's show, and I hope you all did, please, please, please leave a comment on YouTube afterwards. If you're not a subscriber, please subscribe. My shows are all about celebrating, celebrating life, celebrating art, celebrating artists. Uh, share this with your friends. Tell other people about it. If each of you just tell three people about this show, the audience grows, and then this movement starts, and we all build better integrity in the world. That's what it's all about. Um, I also end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Go to your Facebook friends list and reach out to the second name that pops up and reach out with a phone call. Not an, email, uh, not an email, uh, inbox uh, message, uh, not a private inbox message, uh, not a, uh, not a uh, you know, an email, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. Because as my dear friend Sean Moniker says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. You never know what someone else is going through right now. Uh, I got, you know, I get Google alerts uh, for Carol Channing and Hello Dolly, believe it or not. And I got a Google alert today for Hello Dolly. 
And the Google alert came because when I performed in hell, uh, when I performed in Provincetown 10 years ago, the guy who was my musical director died suddenly two days ago. He was 44 years old. And because I performed as Carol Channing, I got a Google alert for that today. It came, nobody would have told me about that or anything. It just came in my inbox today. So take the time to reach out to your friends. It's important that we do so. And again, I always say, if you're gonna go out in that boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. So I'm gonna leave the screen right now. And Marianne, I'm gonna turn it over to you. And then you pick the next person after you. It's all okay. yours. Thank you. Um, I, but first of all, I want to thank Richard and um, and you wonderful people, Jeffrey, jo Judy, this is great, John. It was just wonderful sharing this time with you. I had a great time. Um, I think I'll wrap it up with where we began, um, with this saluting teal and saluting ovarian cancer. Um, I uh, Again, I'll bring up my friend Suzanne. We've lost too many people to this. And whatever you can do, whatever awareness you can put out there, whatever you can send, every little bit helps. And um, bless you all. Enjoy your fall. And Judy, I know you've got a class to go to, so I'm going to you. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to make it because it's 634 and it starts at 7 and it's cross town. So I, I had to make a choice whether I was either going to stay on the on the show or just get out a lot of here, but I I really felt it was important to to be with you all tonight and to share whatever I could contribute to the conversation and connect with people outside that are tuning in and hopefully make everybody feel a little bit more inspired and and um, I hope to meet you and. And I'm inviting you all to come to see my show, too. <laughs> um, November 10th, Don't Tell Mama, 7 p.m. Hope to see you there. Thank you. And here I am, mopping up at the end. Um, if those of you who love Ella Fitzgerald, I've written two books about her, and I have a weekly show, Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella. Every week it's a different theme, and we tell you backstage stories about the time I worked for her at the end of her life and about my books. So if you like Ella, tune into that. This has been a wonderful show. And the writer James Gavin is a dear friend of mine of many, many years. There's something I do that makes him laugh, but he believes it in his heart. And there's no music here, but... There's no people like show people. They smile when they are low. So from all of us show people to all of you, God bless and have a happy.